Hi, this is Mark Raven, and welcome to episode 219 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from July 26, 2017. It's titled, Dr. Don Berwick on Respect and Change at the Front Lines and Executive Levels. Now, back in 2012, I blogged twice about aspects of Dr. Donald M. Berwick's 1989 article in the New England Journal of Medicine titled, Continuous Improvement as an Ideal in Healthcare. Uh, the full text of the article unfortunately, is only available to subscribers. So in the post here, I've linked uh, to two of those previous posts. You can find all of this by going to leanblog.org audio 219. We cited the article in our book, Healthcare Kaizen, and uh, that book has been out five years now as I blogged about the other day. So I posted a picture, a screenshot of uh, a paragraph from the article um, on LinkedIn, because there was another aspect of this article that caught my eye when I was reviewing it the other day in advance of my talk at the Studer Group, What's Right in Healthcare Conference next week. So what I shared, along with the excerpt, here's, uh, here's my thoughts, and then I'll read the paragraph. So this is from Don Berwick's 1989 New England Journal of Medicine article on Kaizen and Continuous Improvement in Healthcare. We need to respect people. We can't frighten people into doing better. When we tell people what to do, it creates natural defensiveness. That's one reason I've enjoyed learning about the motivational interviewing approach, is that creates a process for evoking change and tapping into intrinsic motivation. When people create their own change, that's so much more effective than being told what to do. So here's the paragraph from the Berwick article. He, uh, he says, third, respect for the healthcare worker must be reestablished. Physicians, hospital employees, and healthcare workers, like workers anywhere, must be assumed to be trying hard, acting in good faith, and not willfully failing to do what they know to be correct. When they are caught in complex systems and performing complex tasks, of course clinicians make mistakes. These are unintentional. And the people involved cannot be frightened into doing better. In fact, if they are afraid, they will probably do worse since they will be wasting their time in self-defense instead of learning. That's the end of the paragraph. I mean, there's so much goodness. Uh, there's so much to dig into in just this paragraph. Um, so on respect, again, Berwick wrote, respect for the healthcare worker must be reestablished. I mean, this, I'd add, this seems non-negotiable. It's a shame if respect isn't there. And if it's not, um, it should be reestablished or just established if it really didn't exist broadly in the organization before. If we're looking to help healthcare leaders change, for example, if, if we hope they'll embrace lean and the Kaizen style of continuous improvement, that should start with respect. And I, I sometimes don't live up to that ideal when I criticize healthcare executives for laying off employees, not focusing enough on patient safety, etc. So on assuming good intent, Berwick wrote, physicians, hospital employees, and healthcare workers, like workers anywhere, must be assumed to be trying hard, acting in good faith, and not willfully failing to do what they know to be correct. So I would add, lean thinkers realize that lack of effort is usually not the problem. We assume that people want to do quality work, that they take pride in their work. Our assumption of best efforts in good faith should include healthcare executives, right? I mean, if they don't know what else to do, um, should we be more willing to accept and respect their decisions, even if they're taking actions that are different than what we would do? Unintentional mistakes. Berwick continues. 
When they're caught in complex systems and performing complex tasks, of course clinicians make mistakes. These are unintentional. And the people involved cannot be frightened into doing better. So I think lean thinkers realize that's true at the front lines. Slips and simple mistakes often occur due to distraction or fatigue. We're all human, so that's why the respect for people principle of Toyota and Lean doesn't blame people for their best efforts in a bad system. The just culture framework is helpful here too, and I think it's very uh, congruent with Lean. Now, if a healthcare executive makes a strategic mistake or does something that goes against best practice leadership, is that different than a heat of the moment error or mix up by a clinician? Maybe it's more just to fault an executive for a quote unquote mistake at their level or to fault them for not learning from mistakes or not learning from others. Is there a difference between a clinician knowing what to do and not doing it for some systemic reason and an executive who doesn't educate themselves about the best things to do? The last point, fear. Berwick finishes the paragraph. In fact, if they are afraid, they will probably do worse since they will be wasting their time in self-defense instead of learning. So Dr. W. Edwards Deming wrote about eliminating fear from the workplace. When we have a culture of fear, frontline employees will be far less likely to speak up about problems and ideas, which means far less improvement. But do we think about fear in the C-suite? If an executive is fearful for their job, does that interfere with rational thinking and good decision making? Would we be as understanding if their fear is a fear of not getting their bonus because certain margin levels aren't met? We wouldn't want executives spending more time on self-defense instead of learning and improving either, would we? What do you think? I'd love to hear your comments. Um, you can go to leanblog.org audio 219.